Are you looking for a great tasting healthy breakfast option? I'm Damien Christoph and I'm a naturopath, nutritionist and chiropractor. Forage cereal is 100% gluten and oat free with no processed sugar, preservatives or additives and made only with the highest quality ingredients. With a range of paleo, vegan and FODMAT friendly muesli blends, Forage cereal is bound to make breakfast your favourite meal of the day if it wasn't already. Well, guess what? For a limited time only, all Wellness Couch listeners will receive 20% off all online purchases over $50. That's right, you'll get 20% off all online purchases over $50. To do this, visit www.foragecereal.com and enter the code COUCH at the checkout and save. That's www.foragecereal.com and then the code COUCH, C-O-U-C-H, at the checkout to save. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am so excited once again for the 200 plus time to be with the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the king of coffee. He's Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, <laughs> legend. Oh, we were just chatting about that, weren't we? Hello, mate. We were chatting about coffee just the other day, you and I. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen you down at uh, St. Martin's with uh, some uh, forage porridge and a latte. Or piccolo or some waste of time coffee that you like to have, but let's focus on the forage porridge, which St. Martin's do. That is the most beautiful porridge I have ever, I I can say that I've ever tasted, but I actually was going to say that I've ever seen. They (laughs) make it look so beautiful. Yeah, all those little flowers and the candied walnuts and the rhubarb all mixed in there. There's just, you know, they did a great job, didn't they? Great job. I mean, you can Mm. have forage porridge just as it is on the stove. Yes. But the gourmet version with the edible flowers, <laughs> the candied walnuts, and the yeah. stewed rhubarb. No. Gee whiz. I, I know, right? I reckon they've got it. They've uh, they've nailed it down there. There's other places too, obviously, Melbourne and um, up in up in uh, New South Wales too. There's a there's a place, there's a little cafe. I have to get the name of that while I'm while we're chatting. But uh, there's another little cafe that stocks it up there. Really? It's world, it's world domination time for forage porridge. <laughs> It's about time. It's now, about time. There's only one problem with forage porridge. Yes, I know. It doesn't, it's terrible, isn't it? It doesn't put you into ketosis. <laughs> I know, right? There's too much Imagine. sugar in it, not enough uh, fat. Yeah. And, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm led to believe what I read on the, uh, on the interwebs about the ketogenic diet and, and ketones and what role they play in my body, if yeah. I even look at a sweet breakfast like forage porridge... I'm going to get diabetes or some Could type die. of chronic disease. Might be Being dead, only slightly hyperbolic here, but uh, has the world got a little <laughs> bit batty? I saw on Facebook that uh, um, our great Wellness Couch teammate, Cindy O'Meara, was sharing an article by you, and then I realized you'd been writing a bit lately, and I thought, well, we've got to talk to you about this. You, you wrote a wonderful article on um, your take on ketosis, or ketosis as some people like to call it, and I yes. thought, what better forum to discuss this on a... Uh, audio um, level and, and people can be getting their training to work or driving or going for a walk with their 
dog or doing the dishes and talking about some of the hyperbole and hysteria around the ketogenic diet or just any latest fad, really. Um, and, and your article brings it back to a, a level of common sense, Damien. Ah, thanks, Marcus. Look, I, um, I've, don't get me wrong, I've used ketosis for people um, over the last 20 years very, very successfully to assist them in managing chronic conditions. That's obesity, which is a chronic condition. It's not an acute situation. Um, uh, cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, and uh, in some cases, you know, just to assist people in, in yeah, I suppose, athletic performance. But it's not... It's not something that I would have people doing all of the time. So I understand how to get people into ketosis through nutrition and diet. I understand how ketones are formed, how they work, the impact that it has on the body, the benefit it has on the body. Um, and so when I write this article and when I come at it, you know, with a, I suppose, a bit of a broad picture, 30,000 feet above the earth view on it, uh, I'm writing it, you know, in a sense to kind of educate people to understand that, look, ketosis is something that you can do, but it's not something that you need to do to, you know, avoid every single disease, including your the plague. Your whole entire life. Yeah, this is it. And, and I keep on coming back to the cultures that are successfully aging. And I think given that that's one of my main drivers around health these days, particularly hanging around with you, young man, uh, you know, in, in ways <laughs> in which, you know, we now look and visualize the earth and the world and longevity and, and health and well-being and humanity. I, uh, I, I realized that, you know, having to do something like ketosis or Atkins or something, you know, hardcore that, that puts your body into a metabolic state of rapid fat burning, um, I, I, no one's doing that that's living a long time. So ask the question, why do we need to do it? Okay, so this is this opens up a wonderful can of worms. But for people that are a few minutes into this podcast going, what is this ketosis that these guys are talking about? Can you just explain what ketosis is and then what a ketogenic diet is? Yeah, absolutely. So ketosis is the state that the body goes into uh, when there's the inability to access carbohydrate fuels. Or sugar. So Sugar, well, yeah, glucose. So um, all carbohydrates and even some protein uh, and fat can be converted into glucose. The body uh, is, is able to do that. Can fat convert into glucose? Yeah, you can, this long chain, it does get back to it. It does get back it to it. It's a very hell of a long time, but it can eventually. <laughs> so it's more efficient to turn fat into ketones um, as opposed to turning it back into glucose. But, you know, if you think about how glucose is actually stored in the body, it's stored as triglyceride in the fat cells. So essentially, you've just got to wind back that process. Oh, yeah, uh, good get back So into sugar glucose. goes into fat, which is the whole thing that a lot of people don't really get. But mm. sugar goes into fat, but, but fat can go into sugar if yes. absolutely necessary. Yeah, right. it can go backwards. That's right. That's right. So that can happen for, in two ways. One, through restriction of carbohydrate um, and an increase like in going dietary going to a concentration fat. camp, as my mum says. Yes, that's true. So they if you go to a concentration ketosis. camp, you restrict your, your caloric intake yep. and your body will run out of sugar to burn and it will start burning fat. This is it. This is it. Now, you can purposely force it into doing that um, through shifting your caloric intake from a, a rich carbohydrate diet into a rich uh, fatty acid diet or a rich protein diet, so you can you can do that. But there's also the diabetic ketosis, um, which can then lead into ketoacidosis, which is a highly toxic situation. You know where the kidneys start to fail and the diabetes is out of control. So um, people become so insulin resistant that the only fuel that they can burn is ketones, um, and 
and the kidneys are starting to pack up. Now, there is a long-term negative effect on the kidneys with ketosis um, if it's out of control. So that's why you've got to measure your ketones. So you do a urine test every single morning to make sure that you're not burning too many ketones. Um, there's a measurement chart on, on the keto sticks um, box, and you've got to check to see what level of ketosis you are actually in. So that does concern me because the reason why I'm concerned about that is because there are people out there that are drinking um, exogenous ketones and, and and maybe not necessarily changing their diet. So they're still having relatively high carbohydrate diet, but also drinking ketones. So now they're trying to burn you just have to, both yep. carbs or sugar and ketones in their body. That's, that's potentially um, a, a pretty risky thing to do. Big word alert, exogenous. I'm quite oh, sure yes. I understand it, but for outside those... Outside of the body. Yeah, yep. so outside the of the body. Exterior, yep. right? Yes, yes, that's right. Sorry, um, Keto OS is uh, is one of the companies, uh, one of the products that's out there by Prove It that uh, that people are talking about. Um, it's a it's a manufactured form of ketones. Artificial? Uh, can we say that? Artificial, artificial, artificial source of ketones. Um, your body would make it normally. So obviously, when you're taking ketones into the body or keto, uh, they call it keto salts to sex it up a little bit. Um, the when you're taking those into your body, they had to be manufactured by something else, whether it be bacteria, E. coli, for example, or um, you know, from an animal source. They've got to come from somewhere, um, or from the fermentation of something too. So, okay, so this is an interesting one, and, and there's a few worms that are being opened up here, and, and a few need to be discussed. So, I was talking to someone recently who had had these exogenous ketones, and and it, I'm not going to say the results were disastrous, but the the it was not a pleasant experience, which just for me is like, all right, this is not something that is for everyone. As you've just said, you know, you might not even <laughs> to expect your body to be able to do two things, one of them which aren't kind of, I suppose, a natural um, a position for the body to be in. How is it that, um, you know, I mean, a diet often is come, comes across as a one-size-fits-all approach. How do people know? You've said earlier that you've helped people before get into ketosis on, on an acute level where they need to have a start and an end point. How do people know um, if this is a place for them to go down? Pretty much, mate. You'll feel good if you get into ketosis and it's good for you. Now, most people in the first one to two, maybe three weeks will have a bit of a fog feeling in their body they'll feel a bit heavy they'll feel a bit cloudy in their brain as they're switching from a fuel source to another fuel source um and then from sugar to fat yeah then they should start to feel good now if they don't feel good quickly then it's probably unlikely their body's you know geared up to do this keto thing now there'll be people out there saying nah ketosis is good for everybody it's not the case even i was just listening to rob wolf's interview with uh lawrence and brett the other day and the wellness guys because i wasn't on that and he was talking about some of the things that he learned. You know, there's some people that are doing the paleo diet that did really well eating lentils and legumes and there's others that didn't. And he said that it's actually now not one size fits all. So they're going back to what you and I spoke about, Marcus Pierce, was wow. ancestral eating, you know. So they're actually now coming back to a sense of – with Fuad, we spoke about that uh, with Joe and Fuad, you know, in a couple of episodes ago. And he and, – and, and now Rob actually was talking about that and he's brought out a book that talks about ancestral eating – uh, but still links it to being paleo, for want of a better word, I suppose, because that's what he's pinned his, you know, pinned his whole career on is paleo. So they're now, I suppose, calling it an adapted paleo. The thing is with keto is it's not a lifestyle, so to speak, that many people have followed over a long period of time. Keto is a state that which the body goes into through starvation times. And Dr. Atkins made this very, very famous. Um, but, you know, his plight 
wasn't very good, was it, Marcus? Gone Pierce? by seventy-two. Yeah, was he seventy-two? Seventy-two heart attack. Heart attack. There 72. you go. Died young, and uh, you know certainly and, died uh, young yeah. in our book. Have we spoken about how so many of the uh, nutrition gurus have premature deaths? Yeah, I think we did. We actually, uh, I think we did. We actually might have even spoken about it on the Right Diet Summit. Mm, maybe that you so unbelievably put together. Oh, well, South Beach Diet. He was gone at sixty-eight. Michael Montagnac, Pritikin, sixty-nine. Cancer, then suicide because he couldn't deal with the fact that he had cancer as a nutrition guru. Yeah. Adele Davis, 70, you know, so many. Anyway. Who anyway, Adele Davis? What's Adele she Davis was a nutritionist in America. She was almost, if we're talking about, say, female nutrition gurus, she was like the Cindy of America. Right. Back in the, back in the was it the 60s and 70s? But she was yeah. mortified when she developed cancer because it just it went against everything that she'd kind of, you know. Who was the vegan? Didn't about. someone vegan die early? Uh, oh, there's, I think there's a few of them too. But that's yeah. it. That, that, there's a few conversations in that about uh, for another podcast because I've been reading um, Mahatma Gandhi's uh, autobiography at the moment, oh, just talking wow. about his his vegetarian plight and eating meat and you know the impact, but also just the um, you know the, per, like, the he kind of speaks about the rise of vegetarianism when he was in in England in the was it maybe the 30s the 1930s yeah but anyway that's a chat for another day but it, fascinating fascinating. Um, discussion. All right, so I want to come back to your article because this is at, we'll put a link in the show notes, damienchristoff.com, uh, my take on ketosis. But uh, the one that was really interesting that I found, um, you know, hit home was that um, the ketogenic diet uh, often has a, a major focus, obviously, on fat because the whole focus is for the body to burn fat. Um, and you've mentioned in there that there is a distinct lack of, reg- not regard, but um, I suppose focus on vegetable consumption, and you know, and the fact that that's a concern, considering that you know our country in the Western world um, has a problem already that we're not having enough veggies. And so, do you want to just expand on those concerns about any diet that doesn't have a high focus on veggies? Yeah, absolutely, mate. What's interesting about um, vegetables and plant matter is that it provides a fiber source. And that fiber source also has a lot of vitamins and a lot of minerals attached to it. So and there's no fiber in meat, is there? Uh, no, very little, very little fiber. Yeah, in, in fact, yeah, almost none. There's no so, fiber um, in, in oils. No fiber in fat. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just Absolutely. to be clear, why this that's is so right. important that like meat and fatty oils are very deficient in a major, um, you know, it's almost like a food group fiber that the body needs. Yeah, well, for a long time, fiber was considered to be separate to carbohydrate, um, but it's actually now part of carbohydrate. What's interesting is that when you do ketosis, um, you're generally only eating around um, 200 to 300 grams of, of vegetables a day. So there's, you know... Very little to eat. Like you're not you're not having lots. You might be having you know some salad items with some cucumber and tomato or something. There's not a whole lot there to consume. So it's not not lots. I know that some people might eat maybe up to 500 grams of carbohydrate um, from vegetables, um, but definitely not fruit sources. Is that because uh, that the higher water content vegetables have less fiber in them? Uh, no, not necessarily. There's still this. You've got your digestible and your indigestible fibers, but the higher water water content veggies um, just have less calories in you know, yeah, right. you know, per yeah. 100 grams. So you've got yeah. more water in there and there's no calories in water. So you've yeah. got more water in it. Uh, but you've also got more vitamins in there. So you've got your water-soluble vitamins that are in there. 
if you're looking at your fat sources, um, you, you're really limiting your vitamin intake to basically A, D, E, and K. That's that's almost all the vitamins that you get there from you know from fat, provided those vitamins are in the fat in the first place. But mm-hmm. you, you also need to consider whether or not they're heat sensitive and 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 whether or not um, the the type of fat that you've got has been highly refined. Let's say, for example, we're doing a, a keto diet where you're supplementing with an oil. Um, that's been highly refined, let's say MCT oil, for example, which you know magically comes from coconuts. Um, <laughs> it, uh, to to find MCTs in coconuts is very very difficult. It's not an abundant source, and lauric acid, which is what you know a lot of people bang on about in terms of the MCT that actually comes from coconut oil, it just kind of fits into the medium chain triglyceride bundle, but it doesn't really behave like an MCT. It doesn't it doesn't behave the way that the medium chain triglycerides would. It's just it's just it it falls into it by its chemical nature. Mm. So, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, and there's a lot more to be discovered there and un- uncovered over time. I think we'll start to see that in the next couple of years as people um, start to find out what their 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 journeys, you know, bringing them towards. You know, where they're arriving after their journey down a, a ketogenic or a MCT rich diet. You know, having your bulletproof coffees and all that sort of stuff. Not that I'm saying you can't have them. It's just that whether or not that's a healthy way to start the day. Is, uh, is is questionable. So, well, talking um, about this, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, so you know, when you don't eat many plants, you you're literally limiting the amount of hydration you get into your body. You're literally limiting uh, the amount of fiber you get into your body, and then your water soluble vitamins or your water soluble nutrients are, are less than optimal. The other thing is too that. Um, you know, you, you will get some minerals from the flesh that you're consuming if you're having a, a keto diet, but there are other minerals that exist in your uh, your plant-based foods that you don't actually get in your animal-based foods. So, we Life, plant- you mean when you have fresh and vegetables? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> right. This is exactly right. What color? What and, color meat is in the rainbow? I'm just trying to work that out. <laughs> must be somewhere in the middle between red and purple. But I think you know the other thing is too to understand is that your B vitamins are manufactured in your gastrointestinal system through conversion of carbohydrate by bacteria. So, you know, you manufacture your own B vitamins. It doesn't happen uh, from the manufacturing or the conversion of of meat or fat. It happens from the you know the conversion of carbohydrate and the gases, short chain fatty acids, um, in your gastrointestinal system. That's manufacturing your B vitamins, and and so if you become deficient in that, then of course you've got to supplement with it, and then you end up taking you know supplements of uh, of either synthetic vitamins or vitamins that have come from um, yeast, uh, which for some people can also cause issues. Now you spoke about the journey that people will go on over their ketogenic phase, or even just I think anyone that's just focused on their nutrition. One of the mm-hmm. Things which um, you speak about briefly in the article is um, ketogenic diets and weight gain. And we've kind of spoken about this a couple of times on previous episodes, but do you want to just remind people of just how and why some people would go on this fat-burning diet and actually find themselves putting on weight? Yeah, look, the natural state of the body is for survival. So if you think about what the body is always wanting to do, it wants to survive. Your body actually wants to live for a long time. You know, it's it's harboring lots of bacteria, and if the if the the bugs want to live for a long time, they're going to try and keep you alive for as long as you possibly can be. You know, they want a good vessel. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, but the body heals. So you think about how the body um, wants to. Uh, experience the planet and the environment it wants to continue to live so if it finds itself in a calorie starved environment 
it's going to pack stuff away. Like it'll store stuff for later. Like it's it's going to find a way to make sure that you're resistant to infections, going to make sure that, you know, it finds a way that um, you're resistant to uh, famine. And uh, and so if you continue in a state of famine, you'll go into a state of stress. And uh, then, of course, your body's going to start to pack away whatever fuel you put into it. And it will start to store body fat again. So there are, you know, people in that I've come across in my 20 years of practice or nearly 20 years of practice where um, they actually haven't been able to lose weight anymore doing a ketogenic uh, fat loss program. And then we put them to vegan, they still can't lose weight. And then you put them onto an unbelievably low calorie restricted program and they still can't lose weight is because their metabolic state has been so affected over a long period of time that their body is actually in a state of famine, a state of famine or fasting. And uh, it's in a, a lockdown phase. It's not going to let you lose fat um, because it's concerned for your health and well-being. I think the kind of an offshoot of that is just a kind of a symptom of where a lot of people have got to, unfortunately, with their relationship with food is that it's just become yeah. an obsession and it's become yeah. an, ex- an exclusive, you know, mono diet where it's just like we focus on one thing at the mm-hmm. exclusion of others. And as you say, the body kind of uh, the, the body will manifest that in 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 the most. I think it's 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 sad and obviously very stressful for people that are go through that. But I think more than anything, as you've said at the beginning of this episode, that you know we are still yet to find um, a centenarian, an incredibly one hundred not out lifestyle, whether they're in Ikaria or Sardinia or Okinawa or whatever, uh, that can put down a ketogenic diet as the foundation and basis for their nutrition Um, yeah that's right yeah i don't know i mean maybe maybe um the uh who who was the culture that used to just eat lots of fat um they used to eat like seal blubber and the blubbers the the uh um Everyone that's listening going, come on, guys, it's this, it's this. And we're having a mind blank. You're talking about Antarctica. Um, yeah. The, uh, start with I, start with I. Oh, or maybe that's Igloo. No, that's Igloo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Inuits, Inuits, the Inuits, the yes. Inuits. Yeah, it does start with I. Well done. Yep, the Inuits. in their Igloos. Maybe, maybe they actually went into ketosis. Maybe that's how they survived. Who knows? But in Inuits, I mean, just just off the top of my head, I mean, yeah. and this is kind of the other thing as well. Uh, their lifespan was about sixty-eight. Uh, See, there you go. Ten years lower than for Canada overall. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, there's a few different various factors, but this. So would- why would why would we model? Why would we model our um, our life for longevity and health and well-being on a civilization that has a longevity? stop point at around 68 years of life. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So, yes, they did it. Yes, they were able to live in that. But the quality of life wasn't great. Their longevity of life wasn't great. Now, we're in a country where fruits and vegetables are in abundance. We have access to clean food, clean water. We're able to cook in an environment that uh, is is safe for us. And uh, we have an abundance of incredible food available. We don't need to eat nonstop every day, all day. Um, but what we, we should be able to include in our diet is all of the whole foods, all of the foods that uh, nature intended us uh, to be consuming. And we're not friggin' Inuits. We're not Inuits. <laughs> Just we're like not, the Maasai, not... the Maasai life expectancy in, in, in Africa, they're like, oh, the Maasai, they don't get heart disease and they don't get this and they don't get that. Their life expectancy is below 50 years. We're not oh. the friggin' Maasai. <laughs> 
this is it. <laughs> this is it, right? I know. We yeah, don't know who we are. You can also go on and say we're not Mediterranean, we're not Greek, but there are secrets to longevity. So if we're looking at, at cultures that have survived in a particular climate, they've survived in that climate, yeah, but they haven't lived a long time. So, yeah, you can do it, and, yeah, you can experience stuff. And, yeah, you might be strong for a period of time, but there's stuff that will still take you down. doesn't necessarily mean it's a polar bear or a whale, but – infection and disease can still get to you so ask yourself the question why are you doing it in the first place why are you doing keto what are you in search of why are you doing paleo what are you in search of why are you doing mediterranean mediterranean what, what are you in search of if your ultimate goal is to live a long time and in that time be incredibly healthy then i think that having a, an approach to eating and food like marcus and i've been talking about for the last couple of years makes sense to me as opposed to trying to find another fad that you can pin your hat on but i can i just say one more thing because i'm just seeing this on on the mass side right and this is where the whole thing just starts to get a little bit crazy. So um, this is an article by Thomas Campbell, who's the son of T. Colin Campbell, um, from who was the author of the China Study, uh, which is which is essentially a book, pretty much with a, a slant to have a plant-based, uh, you know, no no animal protein diet. And then, the, so really, this article is digging into the Maasai and the Inuit and the high-protein diets and, and really, I suppose, some of the fallacies of it. But then I think the question is, like, if we just look at people's diets as a source of their lifespan, we're, we're going down the wrong path because we're looking at one part of life, which is the core, which is a possible cause of premature death. And there's always, well, in my mind anyway, there's always more than one a symptom or cause of a premature death. It can't just be because they smoked. Like if they smoked, a lot of the time it would be because they were in a peer group that didn't support them or their family relationships were average or they had no job satisfaction or, you know, whatever it is. Like I think that's the other thing is that we, we get so fixed on looking at one area of life and then you said just then, like why would you go on a diet or change your lifestyle or whatever? Half the time it's for your family or for your own um, self-esteem or so you can be better in your work. I think that's the, the, the challenge that a lot of people are refusing to kind of acknowledge is that it's multifactorial. Yeah, totally, totally. And, you know, from a happiness perspective and engagement perspective, which is what you and I have been talking about, the stressless approach to food, I think, is the key thing. So I actually had the opportunity, Marcus Pierce, I was interviewed on a uh, on a podcast, which I've been waiting to be interviewed on this podcast for about five years. I was interviewed on Up for a Chat. <laughs> and uh, I finally made it. I finally made it to Up for a Chat. We were chatting for nearly two hours, 190 minutes we spoke for. 190 and, uh, minutes? 190? No, 100, and, 100 minutes, sorry, 100 minutes. Three hours. That'd be right. Minutes. What's an hour and a half? Yeah, yeah that's an hour 40. 90. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's about 100 minutes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we chatted for ages, but you know what Cindy and I were you know, very much on board with with regards to nutrition is just trying to make it as holistic as possible. And yes, we use ketosis. You know, She's got keto-based diets. I've got keto-based diets. We use that to assist people to achieve a, a, a task or a function but it's not something that we request people to be on for a long period of time because it's too restrictive. Mm. You need to you know, stimulate the body to do certain things or you can assist the body to stimulate things to occur. But you know, ideally, you want the body to thrive and survive. And, uh, and, and so to do that, you want to give it some great food all the time. Oh, so much to talk about. Far out, man. Isn't this has it? been great. I've loved this. Thanks again for writing that article. We've put the article in the show notes. Head on over to DamienChristoph.com. You will see it there. It is a must read. I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. So thank you, DJK, for writing it. 
Um, and uh, no worries, legend. And um, look forward again to the next installment of 100 Not Out. We would love your feedback, folks. You can provide it in any number of ways. You can go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 Not Out. Leave a comment under the episode. Head on over to iTunes. Share this podcast with the world by giving it a five-star rating. That's what iTunes look at. They don't care how many people listen. They want to know how many people leave reviews. So leave a review if you want the people of Canada and the Inuit to hear about the ketogenic diet. Um, and remember, you can always go to thewellnesscouch.com. Listen to over 20 different podcast episodes every week, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys, and Damo's interview on Up For A Chat. Thanks again for your support, folks. And until next time, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.